How often have we heard, it's not what you know, but who you know. Cliche, but powerfully true. Some are naturals at networking. Others have a hard time coming out of their shell. But all of us need people to succeed. If you need to reignite your networking flame, then you've landed in the right place. Think Tank of Three today with a special guest. You've made it this far in your career. But is something holding you back from getting to the top? We're ditching the culture of competitiveness. We're women working together to help other women. We are Think Tank of Three. I'm Audrea, your business development coach. I'm Julie, your digital marketing strategist. And I'm Catherine, your media and public speaking expert. Three women from different backgrounds coming together to empower, support, and encourage other women professionally and personally. Let's do this together. Welcome to Think Tank of Three. I'm Julie Holton here with Audrea Fink, and today our guest, Kristen Beltzer. She is the Director of Appointments for Michigan's Governor. Hi, ladies, and thank you for joining us, Kristen. Well, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm a big fan of Think Tank of Three. I love your podcast. I listen in the gym, in my car. You guys are insightful, and you're funny, and that is the most important thing to me because I get some good laughs when I get an opportunity to listen in. Awesome. <laughs> And we are a huge fan of you, Kristen. So for those who are tuning in today, you could say that Kristen Belzer has made a career out of making connections, but not just for herself. When Kristen and I met, she was the Executive Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer at the Lansing Regional Chamber of Commerce. Chambers fundamentally work to grow businesses, to support members by creating opportunities that connect people. And that's what Kristen does so well. And from there, Kristen became the director of gubernatorial appointments for Michigan's current governor, Rick Snyder. Connecting people is what Kristen loves most. And creating those meaningful relationships is arguably the most important thing that we can do, both professionally and personally. So who better to talk about building your network than someone who continues to put her advice into action? So Kristen, I'd like to just dive right in and talk about managing a network, especially a large network. And this often comes up for me and and people that I'm talking to, the depth versus the breadth. How do you manage it all? And maybe perhaps where do you focus first? Well, first of all, you got to remember that I've got a networking um system that's been in place for 30 years. So uh, it is long and, um, you know, I'm really proud of that. And it's not the same as it was when I first started out uh, in my professional career. You know, I'd say the first place to focus um, when you want to connect with people is with two very important words. And those are empathy and compassion. I think that if people understand that you um, care about them, you care about their well-being, they're going to be much more open to connecting with you and there's going to be a natural connection. Um, I've seen that before, you know, you, especially as you get into a place where you start to mentor young people and you have an opportunity to watch their professional careers. I've seen it where you start to talk to them and they're not quite sure what to do and how to connect and what that's all about. And so there's a natural place for you to make them feel comfortable and just to really probably start with getting to know who people are. And that's just all about relationships. Um, you know, I'll tell you that uh, something that's very important to me, uh, it's one of my core values, is I, I try to stay connected with people by offering up my assistance to them. And Julie knows this. We've had an opportunity to talk about this before, is um, I'm always about asking people what I can do for them. And I tell you what, I think that puts people at great ease. I will do that long before I will ever ask for anything. And I have found that that has really been kind of the secret to my success is 
that people know that I'm genuine and that I'm offering to help them and it's very sincere. And you, I was just going to say, you do that in such an authentic way. You're, you're making these connections, but when you're meeting with people, I know I can, I speak from my own experience as a small business owner, you know, just a couple of years in, you know, sitting down to talk with you and it's like, there's no one else in the room. So connecting in that very authentic way, um, that care factor is always there building those relationships. And I can see that come through in a very genuine way. I love this idea of offering uh, what you can do for someone at the beginning. I think that takes a lot of the pressure off of like, what are we going to sit and talk about? Oh, without question. And, you know, I've seen it before where, you know, maybe I'm taking a staff member with me when I was at the chamber and we're going to a lunch uh, and we're meeting with people and you sit down and, you know, sometimes you're, it's brand new. You're, you don't know these people. Um, you have business to, to conduct, but, you know, how do you kind of get there? How do you kind of bridge that? And I am um, always of the mindset. I sit down with people and I always say to them, you know, tell me your story. What's your story first? Let's get to know each other. And, you know, sometimes people will say, well, I don't have a story. And I'm saying, no, you do. You have one. And so let me hear it. And generally when people start to tell you their story, these walls come down. And all of a sudden, too, if it's a group of you, all of a sudden you see people's lights, eyes light up because all of a sudden they're making a natural connection with someone, whether it be they went to the same university or they know the same people. And so I always think that that's an opportunity to really kind of start to uh, build trust and honesty within relationships with people, even from the uh, get-go, even when it's business related, it's always gonna come really back, you know, in terms of business and making sure that you're doing something that's advantageous for you professionally. But I am always of the mindset that you start with a personal relationship and you build from there. What would you say as a piece of advice to someone who's maybe just starting out on this road of building their network and maybe not even necessarily someone who's young, but maybe someone who wants to build some deeper connections within their existing network? What are some ways to go about doing that? You know, I think that one of the things is, I think that you need to um, tell somebody right up front what you're trying to accomplish. And, you know, trying to surround yourself with those people, to me, it's always about, um, especially for me, and this is what I tell my kids is, you know, surround yourself by the right people. You're going to find those people who, that you really feel strongly about. They're, they're like-minded. They have something to offer. They make you feel comfortable. And I'm always, um, you know, pushing people to say, you know, listen, I'd like to just have 30 minutes of your time. I'd like to grab a quick cup of coffee. I'd like to get to know you better. What I watch and see and do some research on these people, go ahead and Google them and find something that there's some commonality of something that you can talk about and ask them questions. But to say to them, I'd like 30 minutes of your time. It's important to me to build my network. Um, would that uh, be something that's possible for you to do with me? And I, again, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I'd like for us to be able to start to build a relationship. I love this. I was just speaking to someone uh, on Thursday and we were talking about how we, we both joined this Leadership Tomorrow program here in Seattle, um, which is a program that connects civic-minded leaders in the community together. And so both both of us were saying that the reason we joined it is we really wanted to build up our networks, but we were both struggling with now that we, we know these people in this setting and we're comfortable with them in this setting, but asking them to go to coffee or, um, 
you know, really figuring out how to talk to them outside of the program has been challenging. And so this is a perfect way to say, I just want to get to know you a little bit better. I'm here to work on my network and have it be just right out there. Um, that's super helpful and really relevant to things. I consider myself to be someone who has a good network and this is still like a light bulb moment for me. Well, you know, and the thing is, I think that people really want to be helpful. I love this part of who I am and this opportunity now after working for so long to be able to give back and to continue to learn too from other people. You know, Julie will tell you that, you know, she and I have great copies and opportunities to talk and connect with each other and, and, and learn from each other. And, you know, I think that that's really what it's all about. I find that, you know, every time I get together with someone and whether it is about business and trying to accomplish something in business, I always learn something from them first. And that's always the biggest takeaway for me. I always, I think that the things that you want from people, whether you're trying to build a client base or you're trying to get them to do business with you, I think all of that naturally comes once you start to build the relationship and that they know that, there's some, that you're somebody that they want to work with. Okay, as a digital marketer of the group, I have to bring up social media. How has, for better or worse, um, and you can give your opinion on that, how has social media really changed the approach of networking and building relationships? We have these new tools available to help connect with people. Um, is it helping? Is it, is it hurting? How is it working with our building relationships? You know, for me, I think it's helpful. I am, um, you know, I am on uh, different platforms of social media. I actually pride myself on the fact that I was on social media before my kids. So does that make me really the cool mom? Totally. I don't know. <laughs> it totally out. does. For sure. <laughs> um, you know, I use Facebook and Instagram for kind of like my family postings, uh, more personal things, but Twitter and LinkedIn for my professional network tools to promote ideas and thoughts. And, you know, I think it's just invaluable. Um, you know, we, we talk a little bit about um, people and I've listened to your podcasts on some of those folks and Audrey, it might've been you, I think it where you talked with the attorney maybe who didn't want to be on LinkedIn and there were too many risks involved or something like that. It, it made yeah. me laugh because I think somebody said, well, you're not credible if you're not on LinkedIn. And, you know, really for the most part, there's a lot of truth in that. And, you know, it's not an age thing with LinkedIn. It really isn't. It is, you know, young people, uh, you know, from somebody who's just going to start out starting to look for that first job to people like myself who might want to continue to grow their network and get in groups where you can continue to learn and, um, even people, you know, maybe an encore career, somebody who wants to kind of get back into um, the job market as well and to see what's available out there. So I think LinkedIn is just a great, great platform. So I have a question about sort of managing a large network. Are there things that you do, little touches or ways that you stay top of mind, uh, maybe using social media, maybe not, to keep in contact with that network. I struggle sometimes with how do I stay relevant to the people that I'm connected to or how do I stay top of mind if if I want to? How do you maintain those relationships over time when you're maybe not seeing each other every day? Well, and that's where social media comes in. I mean, I think I do a lot of tweeting, a lot of retweeting. I like Twitter. Um, you know, I, I really tweet a lot of positive things that people do. Uh, I, th I think that, um, 
you know, it's a, it's a great instant, you know, you follow along and I've watched the podcast and in terms of the number of times you should tweet and retweet a day, I don't know that I probably am meeting that quota, but I, I really find that there's a great opportunity for me to promote my network, the people that I connect with. And I really like that. I, I like leadership tweets. I, I love professional development. Uh, I love that the word empowerment, uh, following things that empower people. Um, you know, I, I have some great friends who've had some wonderful careers. I couldn't be happier for them. So I really like to either comment or retweet and share things because that really, to me, makes me feel like I have an opportunity to be engaged with them, even when we don't see each other that often. But there's an opportunity for them to know that I'm paying attention. And then a lot of people will comment back to on my tweets and, you know, they'll give some feedback about things that they're thinking. So I think it's just a great opportunity to have dialogue where you're not really seeing each other in person. Such a great point. We've talked quite a bit in our podcast about how to promote ourselves because as women, we often have a difficult time promoting ourselves. We're really good at promoting other people, but I like it. I like what you just touched on there and using social media, especially Twitter. What a great way to be sharing things that are happening within our network and helping connect other people. Because Kristen, that's something that you and I have talked about a lot. You are someone who really likes to work as a connector of other people. So taking your large network and connecting people on one side who might not be connected to someone on the other. And I think social media, as you just pointed out, is a really great way of doing that. I can't tell you how many uh, connections I've made with people on Twitter, or I've said, so-and-so, I'd like you to meet so-and-so. I have actually uh, admired some work that people have done on Twitter before, where I will write to them and say, wow, I really enjoyed blank that you did, uh, really positive thoughts behind that, would love to connect with you at some point in time. And then the next thing you know, that person writes back to me and says, thank you so much at Kristen Belter. I really appreciate it. How would you like to sit down? And then we do. And so, you know, these things, it's not rocket science, you guys. It's easy stuff. It's easy for people to connect. And, you know, let's not forget to how important it is still to send personal notes and note cards and just shoot somebody a quick email about something that they've done to compliment them. And, you know, I still do that all the time. And, and I really think that that has been advantageous to my network, what I've been able to do in terms of growing that and having relationships that, you know, span now over three decades. And, you know, I, I've always wanted to make sure that people know that I, I admire what they do. And it's not a, problem for me to see other people be successful. I like that. And I think when you kind of get to that place where you enjoy seeing other people's success, um, I think that, you know, your life kind of really kind of lines itself really well with being happy and having fulfillment and knowing your place in this world. I love that. I feel like that is so aligned with what we are <laughs> trying to do this idea of being really supportive of other people's success. And um, it feels very um, rewarding. It's very rewarding to hear that there are people out in the world who are, are aligned with this idea of we can all support each other. It's not a one-sum game, it's an all-sum game. So we all are better off if we're helping connect each other and build each other up. So on Think Take of Three, we focus on growing our networks to get to that next opportunity, whether it's a job or a board position or something else. So how, how would you coach someone to ladder up by tapping into their network. Yeah, you know, we've talked a lot about um, opportunities, you know, 
when in, in a different career path that I've had with people about, you know, those access to career builder or LinkedIn or even Indeed and, and how you know, those, those resources can be helpful. You know, I think at the end of the day, it's still about people and who you know and someone who's willing to make a call on your behalf um, is really probably that opportunity that gets you on the radar screen uh, much more than sending a resume uh, through a, uh, a network and waiting to see and hope that somebody gives you a call back. And so, you know, I, I, I would tell you, I've met uh, over 100 people I have helped find jobs uh, during my career. And, wow. and I still have. I still have people who call me 20 years later and say, you know, KB, can I use you as a reference? And I'll be, absolutely I can. I will be happy to do that for you. And, you know, it's, it's a great source of pride for me. Um, I am always of the mindset that when I help people that I try and encourage them to pay it forward, that they become that mentor and resource for someone else. Um, you know, I guess maybe at the end of the day, when we talk about this, you know, building the right network is probably the most important skill that you can possess. And, you know, we talk about soft skills in this day and age in the workplace and how important it is to, you know, one, be able to be a critical thinker. And, you know, can you look people in the eye and do you have good um, social skills when it comes to um, speaking and that kind of thing. But I tell you what, building your network and having people that you can tap into over a long period of time is really just so critical, I think, to helping you advance. Um, you know, it's been very, very beneficial to me. So many times I've been able to get a job and I never put a resume in for it. It was just knowing somebody and somebody said, hey, Kristen, would you be interested in doing something? Would you like to um, advance your career by having this opportunity? And generally, that's for a long time, that's the way that it happened for me. That is such a skill set. I, I know, I mean, Kristen, your eyes light up when you talk about working as a connector to bring people together. It's, it's a skill that you have. It's a passion. It's very clear. And you make it sound so easy. Um, but I know, I'm sure that starting out, it wasn't so easy. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the do's and don'ts of bringing people together? For instance, how can we use a coffee meeting to accomplish an objective without making someone feel used or feel like we're just trying, we're just there to meet a goal? Well, I guess maybe first the, the do's in connecting is be authentic and be yourself. People want someone who is real and, you know, they can read right through that. I believe that. Um, uh, make an emotional connection. Ask people about their family and their friends and their interests and really see if you can get to know someone first before you really get into maybe what your objective is. You know, I always like to see and I think and believe strongly that connectors stay in the moment. You have to be a really good listener. And sometimes people can't do that. They're so worried about what they're going to have to say next that they're missing the conversation. Yes. So you have to really kind of discipline yourself to be a good listener. And I also think that you need to demonstrate that you can be trusted. You know, we've always all have experienced that, you know, one person who isn't truthful and everybody can see right through it. And the only person that they're kidding is themselves because everybody else knows it. So I think some of those things are do's. Um, obviously, a don't would be, you know, don't don't judge. How many times have you heard somebody comment in a negative way and all of a sudden the wall 
walls just shut right down. Nobody wants to continue a conversation when it appears to be very negative. So those are some of the do's and don'ts. So I think, um, you know, set up a coffee, start it out with relationship and just build in a relationship and get to know someone. I think that's it because I think it will naturally evolve into more as you find that you're a little more relaxed with someone, that you know them a little bit better. Um, that's at that point where then you can start to kind of, where I say earn it, you can earn the opportunity to say, you know, this is what I'm really looking for. This can help me in my career, or this is what I'd like to talk to you about a business opportunity and that kind of thing. Um, you know, coffee, coffees are great. I think that that's, it's a great way, always about face-to-face, face-to-face to me still, it's just still so important. Uh, I always enjoy that. But but if you can't do that, uh, as well as an email or something that's going to get to the heart of what you're trying to accomplish and let people know what you're really seeking so that you can kind of cut through the chase and that they know what their expect, what the expectations are. I love this idea of face-to-face. I was um, recently at a conference where uh, Mo Bunnell, who is the founder of Grow Big, which is a a sales methodology for professional services. But in his presentation, he was talking about how someone is 34 times more likely to say yes to you if you are face-to-face. And and so that yes might just be, let, can I get to know you? But the yes might be asking, you know, how can you help me level up or how do I help myself level up? However that goes. But I love this idea of connecting with people face to face. I think it's so much more effective. Well, than just- I, I, I agree. And, you know, the thing is, um, you know, in this day and age when things go so fast and can be misinterpreted and emails or even something that's posted on social media, you know, to sit in front of somebody and to watch their body language and to watch the smile on their face. And, you know, that's where the genuine, uh, being genuine can really be apparent to somebody is you can just read it all over someone's face. I mean, you know, I'll say this again about Julie when we had coffee a couple of weeks ago. Julie is just a happy individual. I want to be around happy people. And so that's the kind of thing that you miss if you're communicating with somebody in a note uh, via email or on social media. It just is not the same. Well, and our coffee was amazing because Kristen and I sat down to have coffee. And even as I was driving there, I was thinking like, oh, I'm just so excited to see Kristen. This will be great. And I had no no underlying agenda. I just wanted to go and, and see her. I hadn't seen her in a while. And, um, and Kristen, it was, so, it was so great because afterwards, you know, by the end of this hour-long coffee, you know, I had all of these mental notes of, okay, I want to connect her to this other person. And before the end of the day, they had actually had a phone call and helped, you know, him to move something forward. And then I also realized as Kristen and I were talking that, wait a minute, actually, there is something new that's just come onto my radar that she's excited about and she can help me make a connection with someone else to help maybe move this other project forward. And I hadn't even been thinking along those lines before we got together. It hadn't even dawned on me that Kristen could be someone to help make connections, something that I wasn't even quite, wasn't even quite on my radar yet. It was just kind of starting to form. And so what a cool way to just get together and have coffee. And then all of a sudden, all of these creative juices get flowing and you start thinking of all of these other cool projects that could, that could come along the way. Can't agree more. And you know, the thing is, that's the thing I like too, is that I want to be so external I just being in an office and being behind a computer is not advantageous. It's not advantageous for me. I like people 
And so I like to be out like that circumstance with Julie that we get to an opportunity and all of a sudden she starts kind of just probing and prodding me and there's little things that kind of all pop up and I'm like, here's what you could do. Here's a thought for something. Have you ever met so-and-so? You should really think about, and it just is very natural and starts to come out. And so I think there's a lot of people out there that are interested in doing the same type of thing. I, I would suggest that people find mentors and people that they connect connect with and say that, say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm open to learning. I want to take, um, you know, the, the experiences that you've had. And I want to be able to figure out how, how does that benefit me? And how can I do that? I, I was talking last week with some folks about um, mentoring and, you know, people want to give back. They want to be mentors or counselors. They want to be sounding boards to people. I just had a conversation with the governor last week and he was talking about next steps in his journey too. And, you know, he's looking forward to this opportunity to, chat with people about startups, entrepreneurship, uh, being a mentor to people after he leaves office at the end of December. And so, you know, people really, they really do want to provide um, an opportunity to help and guide people in their careers. I see it every day. I have some questions for you on tips for someone who's maybe not extroverted, someone who's really shy. Asking someone out for coffee is like, an act of courage for them. Um, and then also for people who maybe are a little scattered and aren't really, like they need like a safety blanket and going into these meetings. What are some tips or tricks you would offer for well, someone who getting out there is, is scary? Sure. First, I would find someone that you can go with you. It's always better to have a buddy with you and somebody that can kind of help and bridge that conversation. And that's one of the reasons that I would take staff members with me. I wouldn't have to take them. It was a lunch that someone wanted to have with me, but I would think to myself that is advantageous for their professional growth if they go and they can sit there and they're really just listening. And I even said to them, not only if we would do that or if we were in a meeting and they had just started their career, I would say, just listen. You just listen for right now. And when it feels comfortable and natural, you're going to add to the conversation. And I know it's going to happen. And, you know, I will tell you, it would be so funny on that one day that it finally did happen. And afterwards, we would laugh about it. We would say, you know what you did today that you haven't done before? And they would laugh and they said, you know what, I added to the conversation. And that's always probably that first and foremost to me is to take somebody with you. So see if you can find someone who's going to be a mentor to you or somebody that works within your office that you could take along with you. You know, other things, um, you know, listen to podcasts, listen to things like Think Tank of Three. This is such a great learning experience for people. And I know it's a shameless plug for you guys, but I mean it. And <laughs> you know, people should tune in. It's a very easy thing to do. You can do it on your own time. You can do it, as I said, if you're at the gym or in your car. And, you know, it's like anything. It's practice. You have to practice. And so, you know, just taking small steps uh, in terms of outreach. But, you know, I feel for somebody that's pretty introverted, though that must be kind of painful. And I always do the best I can to make sure that those people feel comfortable. Kristen, you talk a lot about lifelong learning. Is there, is there anything that you really, um, are there any authors you, you read? Are there any um, motivational speakers? Are there any, you know, podcasts other than Think Tank, of course, that you follow? You know, what is it as you're, as you're in this process of lifelong learning? I think this is something that we can actually learn from. What are, what are some of your go-tos? 
Absolutely. You know, I, um, well, of course, Jim Collins and Good to Great, uh, but also, you know, Gina Whitman wrote uh, Traction. Uh, oh, so great, good. Oh, just a great leadership book. And, you know, I had my team at the chamber. They listened to that. Um, we had some great conversations about it. Um, you know, I, I'm always about um, kind of expanding yourself out. I read a lot on Forbes and Inc. and I do the same type of types of things that you do. But I tell you what, I love that whole EOS. And even if companies don't follow it precisely, the takeaways about disciplining yourself and understanding your role and uh, making sure right people, right seats. And it really kind of helps right size organizations. And so you're not just kind of operating all the time without any roadmap and not having any direction. I will tell you, you know, the team that I have right now uh, in the appointments division in the governor's office, we talk a lot about where we're going. What are we trying to accomplish? You know, it started uh, back in August. We had five months. What do we need to accomplish over the next five months? Well, now, you know, we're down to 50 days, but we still have weekly meetings about what we're trying to accomplish. And I will tell you that I see that they're motivated and then they're enthused and they're all about outcomes and results because they know where we're going and they know what we're trying to achieve. And so I would say that in terms of that um, traction and Gina Whitman and, and what he does in terms of trying to lay out a process for people uh, in companies and organizations. It's just a great tool. And you know what? I, I've talked to people who said that they actually implemented it in their family. <laughs> they have rocks meetings and leadership meetings and they come together <laughs> and they sit down and talk. And I, I thought that was actually kind of funny, but there's some <laughs> great takeaways that you can have not only professionally, but personally too. I can't imagine having like anything outside of drinking meetings with my family. Like I can't imagine anything that productive. <laughs> That's great. We're going to have to get together. Offline yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking we can combine both. Like I'm thinking like, let's sit down and have our meeting with a couple drinks to get us started. Well, it's interesting that you guys say that because I just read the other day, you know, the, you know, the coffee shop has been that kind of go-to place for people. Mm -hmm doing their work. And now all of a sudden it's morphing over into the bar. There aren't as many people there. They say that there's more space to put your things out. You don't yeah. necessarily have to drink, but if you do want something, you can take advantage of happy hour. It's just really funny to me to see that kind of evolution that coffee shops were getting just a little too crowded. So bars are now offering up Wi-Fi and that kind of thing and trying to attract people to come in and think a little bit about how they can accomplish their, their workplace objectives by being in a place where all of a sudden you get that done and your friends come and meet you and all of a sudden you're going to have a glass of wine. That makes a ton of sense to me, especially if you think about how busy everyone is. Not everyone can, can walk away multiple times you know, in a day to have coffee, but I can almost always make time for a cocktail. <laughs> well, probably yes. For a lot of times, that's where the best ideas are generated from. Wouldn't you say? I would absolutely. So I have sort of as a follow up to earlier questions. Do you have tips for setting agendas or talking points when you want to get to know someone, specifically someone who's maybe really busy, um, but you don't just want to invite them to coffee? Is there a way to invite them? to come talk to you, to get to know you, for you to get to know them, that is not just asking them for their time. Is there a way to make connections where you're not um, just taking? 
Well, maybe, you know, a lot of times it can be at social networking events, uh, opportunity to talk to someone there. So, you know, you're utilizing their time wisely. Um, a lot of times, they, you know, before an event, there'll be a lot of networking time. And so to walk up to someone and talk to them and ask them some questions that you would be interested in, one, learning a little bit more about them, but two, uh, that you are interested in the profession that they're in uh, and that you'd like an opportunity to connect with them. You know, a lot of times things happen too when people get connected to boards and commissions. You know, when you sit on a board with someone, you get to know somebody and connect with them a little bit more. And so all of a sudden, those natural conversations really kind of lend itself to you understanding what they have to offer, what you could do for them. And it really one builds on itself after you kind of start to get into a place where your objectives are the same. It's not that you're really sharing yourself personally, but you're really hearing how that person operates. And a lot of times that's something where you learn to be um, a little more uh, open to uh, building those relationships in that kind of setting and maybe um, wanting to ask them if they could uh, be available to meet with you or to connect with you somehow. And I wonder sometimes too, Kristen, if some of these connections aren't necessarily comfortable connections, or maybe um, I'm thinking of, of some of our networking that we do that is important networking, um, perhaps with people, I'm thinking of you in the governor's office, especially connecting with those, maybe with different political opinions, maybe those across the aisle who you still have to work together to get things done. And so sometimes as we're building our network, we have to include or need or want to include people who... Um, are, I'm thinking too, some of my work with the Alzheimer's Association. I sit on the board of directors for the Alzheimer's Association, and there have been times when I've really had to find creative ways to connect with people who might not necessarily be interested in connecting with me to talk about things that are on my agenda, or maybe we have differing opinions of, of how to, you know, allocate within the budget for different things that maybe are my, on my agenda for Alzheimer's, but maybe not, maybe they don't agree with some of the certain tactics or ways of, of doing things. So how, how would you offer um, when we have to build those connections and build those authentic relationships as you've talked about with people who might have differing opinions or might have different objectives or goals? Well, you know, the thing is, I think that first and foremost, we need to be open to that. I don't think that our way is always the right way. And, you know, I think that is too one of those things that you learn as you get older is that, you know, you want to be a little open-minded. You want to be, um, you know, nimble and you want to be open to change. And so I find that when I'm uh, having an opportunity to be on boards that, you know, I really respect those people who have a differing opinion than I do, as long as they do it in a very diplomatic way. Um, you know, sometimes you think to yourself, wow, that's not a perspective that I thought about before. So I, I think that those things are important. I do see a lot, Julie, just as you said, you know, that um, especially in my line of work, so much kind of party affiliation and and people who can be very divisive and you know that's one of the things I've kind of um, made a, a priority to me is that I wasn't really kind of get too sucked up into that I have prided myself for a long time of having relationships with people who are Republicans people who are Democrats independents um, because it's going to serve you well long-term down the road. You might have an issue with someone at, at a given point in time, and you might be on opposite sides. That's not to say five years later, you're not on the same side. And if you've burned a bridge with somebody, 
rectifying that and correcting that is awfully difficult. And so I think that you have to kind of remember and keep focused on what the objective is, but to also say to yourself, you know, the relationship part of this is more important to me than the given issue at this time, because that relationship is going to outlast any issue that you're working on. And I know a lot of people that um, throughout my political career were probably on the opposite side of the aisle than I was. And I have great working relationships with them right now. And matter of fact, I spoke not too long ago to a group and one of those people was there and um, he got up and he said, you know, Kristen and I have had a fantastic relationship for 20 years and we didn't always see eye to eye, but we were so respectful of each other. And to this day, we can continue to work together. And that's the thing that you got to keep in mind. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be advantageous for you to do this long term. Because I think you can't say, I think it's fair to say, you know, I respect you. I hear you. I see your perspective. And I respectfully disagree. And I think that's something that we just, we aren't seeing a lot of. And I think in a lot of these connecting and networking opportunities, we shy away from that instead of just being very upfront and honest about we come from different places and that's okay and that doesn't mean i can't respect you and have a relationship with you well this is just like working in the workplace you know this is what leaders do and you know when you manage people and you know when you have to sometimes be um critical of something or you have to address an issue it doesn't have to be bad you can have conversations with people and say you know first of all tell me a little bit about how this happened what did happen here? What did you do? Or what was your input on this? Because a lot of times it's just miscommunication. But, you know, to be able to address issues and say, okay, here's what's happened. How do we learn from this? How do we grow? How can I help you? How do we make sure it doesn't happen again? I am completely um, in agreement with what you're saying. I mean, we're living in a day and age now where people just want to be angry and unhappy. And, you know, it's, first of all, it drains so much energy out of you, but it's not healthy, um, you know, for people's physical being. So, you know, I, I just really, it's about personal responsibility. I can only be responsible for myself. And I try to do the best I can to make sure that people understand where I'm coming from. Andrea, you're right. It's just being honest with people. I want to be honest, but I want to do it in a very diplomatic way. Let's face it, we're human, so there are going to be missteps along the way. We're going to stick our foot in our mouth, or we're going to do something that might impact our network or hurt a relationship, but Kristen, it sounds like you're saying that just being being authentic about it, owning owning our responsibility in it, and putting people first is always going to help us to come out on top. Well, and admitting when you're wrong, too. I mean, I think as leaders, we have a responsibility to do that, too. I've, I've said to my team before, you know, I, I, I don't think I handled this correctly, or I, I think that I, I could have done this, and, you know, I'm going to learn from this as well. I do the same thing with my kids. I'll say the same mm -hmm. thing to them. You know, I, I, I'm going to be better, and I'm going to try and do this a little bit better. And, boy, I tell you what, when you do that, when they can really see the real you, the authentic and genuine you, it is a game changer. It is a game changer for relationships, and they also, too, are going to say, you know what, I can be better as well. And so, you know, that's what organizations need. That's what families need. That's what this world needs a little bit more of. 
Kristen Belzer, the Director of Appointments for Michigan's Governor. Thank you so much for joining us today on Think Tank of Three. Before we go, we are collecting advice from successful women in our communities and we're sharing it in our Think Tank forum. So we have three rapid fire questions for you. Number one, is there a lesson that you've recently learned that you wish you would have learned earlier in your career? Uh, absolutely, Julie. Um, and it is to capitalize on opportunities that are in front of me. And, you know, my mantra now is forward only. I am only going forward and embracing the next steps. And whatever that next chapter is, I'm looking forward to be rewarding and exciting. But I, I've learned that, you know what, there are so many opportunities and you have to embrace them and you have to be open-minded to what they look like. And so um, I've learned that, I think, in the last probably five years. So number two, what advice would you offer to your younger self, say maybe 10 years ago? Oh, this one, I would have been much more assertive in stepping into my new career opportunities. I, um, I would have made moves sooner. Um, I think sometimes, you know, especially as a mom, uh, you try to balance it all. And instead of trying to grow professionally, I think you kind of get yourself locked into a job and you just kind of sit in it for a little while. And... Um, you know, my advice uh, to my 21-year-old daughter all the time is, you know, continue to grow, be a lifelong learner, and do not settle. I think you guys covered that in one of your yes. podcasts. Do not settle. <laughs> Love it. For women especially, and I think of your 21-year-old daughter, so for women especially today, what do you think is the most important skill to hone in today's professional setting? I, I think the most important skill is to be genuine and authentic. I think that uh, when people really get to know who you are, um, you know, it, it, it becomes invaluable. And, you know, my greatest skill, I know it, is being a people connector. And it comes so naturally to me. And I like that. Um, I, I find great fulfillment, personal fulfillment by helping people. Uh, I love people. I love helping them. Uh, I like it being selfless. Um, when I don't make it about me, uh, I find that um, my connections become even stronger. Great things happen to me. I think it creates energy for myself and other people. Um, positivity kind of follows me. And so I think most importantly, being really authentic and genuine. Can't say it enough. Well, definitely an authentic person yourself, KB. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can connect with Kristen and Think Tank of Three online at thinktankof3.com. If you subscribe on our website, you'll get an email once each week when we have a new blog or podcast. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And be sure to join our private group on Facebook. Just look for the group on our Facebook page and then request to be added to the private conversations. And if you liked what you heard in this podcast today, share it. We would love to be able to spread the word a little farther. You can find the podcast Think Tank of Three on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And if you ever have any questions or maybe topics you want us to discuss, if you're interested in joining the podcast or guest blogging for us, send us a message at thinktankofthree at gmail.com. You've made it this far in your career, but is something holding you back from getting to the top? We're ditching the culture of competitiveness. We're women working together to help other women. We are Think Tank of Three. I'm Audrea, your business development coach. I'm Julie, your digital marketing strategist. And I'm Catherine, your media and public speaking expert. Three women from different backgrounds coming together to empower, support, and encourage other women professionally and personally. Let's do this together.